says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing we shall receive a stricter judgment. For all, we all stumble in many things. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. If you do not stumble in word, you are a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. That's a big statement right there. Verse 3, so we, indeed, we put bits into horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Though Though they are so large, they're driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member that boasts great things. See how great a forest fire a little fire, a greater forest, a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. It sets the whole course of nature uh, and the whole course of nature and is set on fire by hell. Oh my goodness. Verse 7. Every kind of beast, bird, reptile, creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poisons. With it we bless God, our God and Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? No. Uh, Thus no spring yields both salt, water, and fresh. Wow. And James is getting intense on us. But this word is going to be encouraging for us, I promise. And God's going to minister to it. We're going to talk about the, the power of our words today. And so I want you to, come on, use that fiery tongue right now to welcome the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift your voice and begin to pray. Come on, no world of hurt, no fire of hell. Come on, we need the Holy Ghost. Lord, we ask you to come. We ask you to speak to us today. We ask you, Lord, we welcome the Holy Spirit now. Even the creative power there is in, your, in our words, God. We believe today, oh God, you're going to release things. You're going to change things. You're going you're gonna to loose things in our midst, almighty God. You're going to change and you're going to transform lives. And so I ask you, Lord, to anoint this word as it comes forward. May your spirit move and minister. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking. I bind the works of the enemy enemy. He would seek to distract, to distort, to confuse, or uproot your word as it comes forward. Give us liberty today, O God, in receiving your word in the mighty, powerful, overcoming name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody say, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Wow. I, uh, I do have the notes in the Bible app. If you do use a Bible app, you can look under events and you'll see. I've got my points. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I struggled, I, the, the message came together very easily. I struggled with the title. And so um, you'll notice online, I think I, I put, um, our words create worlds. Our words create worlds. I uh, entitled what I actually saved my document, Tongues of Fire. Um, I, I don't know what you want to call this message. Just If you're taking notes, just write down, Pastor's really great sermon on words. 
okay? Uh, because I don't know what to call this, but I'm, I'm telling you, this, this has affected me even over this last week as I've, as I've gone over and I've reviewed some of these things. Do you realize how powerful your words are? Your words literally are carrying creative and transformative power. I need you to understand this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this not just from the Bible, but even, even the world around us, science, all these things affirm what the Bible says. And, uh, and so we're just going to go through this James text verse by verse. We're going to begin at verse 1. I want you to look at this. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing we shall receive a stricter judgment. Everybody say judgment. Now, is judgment good or bad? I hear some good, some bad. It really just depends on if you're doing good, judgment day is going to be good for you, friend. If you're doing bad, judgment day is going to be bad for you. Um, and so I don't want this. It, this should put a little bit of fear in you if you want to be a preacher, if you want to be a teacher, if you want to lead a life group, if you want to do what I do and stand up here and preach the gospel. That's, that's wonderful. But just know Everyone who preaches and teaches the word of God will receive a stricter judgment, which, can I just say, that's not very fair. I, on judgment day, am going to give an account for the way you live your life. That's not very fair. So please, if you die, you get to heaven, you've not done a good job, don't tell them you went to this church. Help me out, man. No, I, I, I joke, but this verse really begins to frame the entire chapter, and I want you to understand why. Do you realize what I'm doing right now? I'm creating a world. I'm creating a world. The words that I speak, this is why it's so important for you to discern what type of church am I going to? Who am I listening to? Because what you hear, what you receive, the things that you're taking in, it literally forms the way your faith is. It literally forms the, it's the bed for what God desires to do. This is a big deal. So if, if, if I'm preaching falsely, if I'm twisting God's word, all of this, all of a sudden, all of these things are forming false doctrine and false faith and false beliefs in you, and it can shipwreck you entirely. This is the reason I will face a stricter judgment. This is why I study and I pray. Lord, I need not just my wisdom and understanding. I need your understanding. I need your insight in this thing because understand, what I teach you, people are going to take to heart, and it's going to affect the way they live their lives. It's a big deal. By the way, this is not just for preachers. This is not just for preachers. If you stand as a representative of God and you're teaching in a classroom, if you as a father are giving instruction to your home, your children, your spouse, you understand we will all give an account for the level of leadership that God has trusted us with and how we spoke. The words that we release, are they words of life? Are they words of death? Are they words of faith? Are they words of doubt and unbelief? What is coming out of your mouth? We will give an account for these things. You understand, even science, I, I, I looked into this, and I, I actually, some of you have heard this. Have you ever heard about talking to your plants? 
Anybody into gardening, that kind of thing? Uh, so uh, my wife loves plants. If you ever want to bless her, buy her a nice flower, get her plants. You know, she just loved it. Judy's birthday party, they made these bouquets. And, uh, I mean, it just, it, like, for real, she can look at a flower and just start crying. I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't get it, but praise God. I need to buy my wife flowers more often. I will. But... Uh, Mythbusters actually did an episode on this whole idea of if you speak to your plants, will it help them grow more? They set up uh, multiple, I think six different greenhouses, and they planted beans, uh, like green beans, string beans. And, uh, and they, they had in certain greenhouses, they had complete silence. They had in other greenhouses words of encouragement that were constantly going. And then they had in other greenhouses music that was going. And, uh, and I watched the episode yesterday because I just I wanted to see what their findings were. And sure enough, the greenhouse that was silent, I mean, it grew, but not much. The next level was that which was receiving these words of encouragement. As the words of encouragement were coming out over the speaker, the plants actually grew more and produced more fruit. It's crazy, but I like this. The music, music was actually the one that caused the most growth. In fact, now just going to mess with some of you. Heavy metal music was actually the top getter. It was the top winner. And I mean, it was like, a, you know, like screaming death metal kind of stuff. But, uh, uh, I'm te but for real, it, the, the music categories were number one. And I, I, I'm not offended by having my friends with Maddie Montgomery, the lead singer of uh, For Today. And I've hung out with Brian Head Welch. And, uh, and I'm okay with that, that world if it's God-honoring. So my, my wife says for my triathlon training, I'm going to try and listen to some of this heavy metal stuff and see if it doesn't help me perform better. I think it might. I, I've lost a lot of you, so we're going to get back on track here. But, uh, but it's amazing. You know, words, words happen. You realize what we do in worship. I'm very particular about the songs that we sing and, uh, and the things that we declare. Did you notice that even as we were singing, the, 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 the atmosphere is changing now. The Spirit of the Lord is here. You realize those aren't just empty words. This isn't just wishful thinking. But as we declare these things, the atmosphere really is changing now. As we declare the Spirit of the Lord is here, the Spirit of the Lord actually comes in our... I need you guys to trek with me on this. Your words have power. Your words have creative power. I want you to tell your neighbor, your words have power. It's very important. I'm going to give you some other examples, but, but if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Your words control your body. Your words control your body. That's what the Bible says. We just read it in James 3, 2. It says we all stumble in many things, but if one does not stumble in word, everybody say word. If you don't stumble in word, you are a perfect man able to bridle his entire body. Are the lusts of your flesh out of control? One of the things that I would encourage you to begin to look at is what are you saying? What are you declaring? If you can learn to control your mouth, you can control every desire of your body. That's in the Bible. 
That's in the Bible. You say, show me that, Pastor. In fact, it gives an example. In verse 3, it says, we put bits in horses' mouth that they may obey us, and we can turn. We can steer their entire body. I don't know if you've ever dealt with an unruly or a scary. Talk to Vanessa. She could tell you stories, I'm sure, about crazy horses, right? I, I, I had a fear of horses for a lot of years because I got bit by a mean horse one time, and I just like, yeah, it scared me, man. I was trying to feed it an apple. I got bit, so I still need some inner healing, I think, but it freaked me out, And uh, but you've dealt with, maybe you've seen an unruly horse or something like that, but if you can tame it and you can get that bit in its mouth, you can steer. That thing is way stronger than you are. That thing is way more powerful than you are, but if you can control its mouth, you can control its entire body. You can control every. That's the biblical example. And so Psalm 39 and verse 1 says, bridle your tongue. So you can be bridled just like that horse. Bridle your tongue. If you control your tongue, all your motives and all your actions can be controlled. So what do you talk about? What do you talk about, friend? I learned this. I mean, I got saved. I went straight into Bible school. And, I, and I, I learned the power of this very early on because I'd get around certain guys who had just come out of the world and some of them would want to talk about, man, I went to this party and I tried this drug and have you ever drank this and I slept with this girl and you start talking that kind of nonsense. All of a sudden, you have all the fun memories of this party that I went to and all of a sudden now there's this desire waking up in my flesh. Oh, maybe I, maybe that wasn't so bad. Man, that was pretty fun when I tried this and that. Conversely, I mean, even this morning, you don't know, I, I, I spend time in prayer. This is like my before service uh, process. I spend time in prayer. I review my sermon. And then while I'm getting dressed and ready, I put on old revival sermons. I'll listen to A.A. A. Allen. I'll listen to Oral Roberts. I'll, but today I was listening to Brother Kenneth Hagin. He was talking about this prayer meeting he invited everybody to. He's like, we're going to have a prayer meeting tonight. And he's like, if you're not ready to pray for an hour, don't come. And they came. And all they did for one hour before they moved into anything else is they just prayed in tongues. We're going to pray in tongues for one hour. And about 50 minutes into that prayer time, he sees Jesus in this massive angel. And people all throughout begin to see angels and having crazy encounters with God. Just praying in the Holy Ghost. And you know what happens to me? As I'm hearing this, I'm like, I need to pray in the Holy Ghost. What's happening? I'm hearing something, and it's awakening a desire on the inside of me. And so it begs the question, what are you listening to? Words will shape your world. It will direct your body. If you're prone to sin, what are you listening to? If you're noticing, man, I'm just hungry. I want to get in the presence of God. I need to get amongst the people of God. I need to get to that prayer meeting. I need to, I need to get in my word. What are you listening to? What are you? Guys, let me give you another example. My wife, she's training for this triathlon, and I'm, I'm so proud of her. It's going to be in just a couple weeks. But she had, she had this challenge recently where uh, her foot was hurting her a lot called plantar fasciitis, okay? And uh, so her foot, and it was coming up into her hamstring. And, uh, and so she ends up going and talking to this runner guy. And he's like, listen, 
Some people say you need to have surgery and told her a story about this guy. Uh, I'm going to have surgery. But he began to do something very unusual. This guy's not a Christian, so far as I know. But he's grabbed hold of a biblical principle. He said, the problem is you've got muscles, Leah. And she said it on Thursday, so I feel I'm okay to say it. Your glutes are not activating the way that they're supposed to. And so now you've got extra strain on your hamstring. It's affecting your foot. He's like, what needs to happen is not that you need to change your shoes or you need to change, you know, get surgery or anything. You just need your glutes to activate. She's like, okay, well, how do I do that? He says, what you need to do is do something that activates your glutes and speak to your glutes. Speak to, this is, this is this guy at a running shop. Speak to your glutes activate glutes activate glutes now this is crazy i know you guys think i'm insane and i don't post that on the internet please this is gonna be a real i already know it activate glutes um but here's what's crazy my wife does it and guess what her pain is gone the pain is gone I mean, it's wild. You're talking about this guy, you know, older gentleman was going to have surgery, and he just started activating his glutes. Activate glutes, and all of a sudden, he didn't have to have surgery because he activated. You, you realize, you realize, like, so many people will grab hold of these ideas and not even realize it's biblical. You're like, karma? Buddha didn't come up with that. That's sowing and reaping, friend. Jesus had that idea. You watch scientists, man. These guys used to believe in bloodletting and all this. I was reading in Leviticus last night. Don't, don't drink blood. The life is in the blood. The Bible was saying that way before scientists figured that out. And so there are these concepts that you see. It's like, man, that's a biblical truth whether you recognize it or not. What are you speaking? What are you declaring? You can literally speak healing. You can literally speak life. You, there's creative power in your words. You direct your body. You lead your body by your words. Oh, that's powerful. So what are you speaking? What are you declaring? What are you believing? Well, I'm just fat. I'm always going to be fat. Yeah, you will be if you talk that way. You want to know how I lose weight? I don't ever change my diet. I start speaking to my body. Metabolism, you're working. Hallelujah. I'm serious, man. Speak to your metabolism. Metabolism, activate. I don't know, right? <laughs> What's that? And she says, stop eating cake. I don't know, man. If you, I do like cake. I better move on. Do you guys get it? You guys getting it? There's creative power. Your tongue controls your body. Your tongue controls your body. Now, the second thing I want you to write down, if you're taking notes, your words determine your destiny. Your words determine your destiny. Where are you going? Where do you want your life to go? Where do you want to end up in life? James 3, 4. Look at ships. Although they're large and they're driven by fierce winds, but they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. What is that? That's an example. You've got your life, and it's on track, and it's being steered. It's being directed by your tongue. 
It's a very small part of your body, but I'm telling you, it determines the direction of your life. What are you speaking? What are you declaring? This is why I talked last week about Abram and how God changed his name to Abraham from father to father of a multitude of nations. Why would God do that? Because your words determine your destiny. And if God can put the promise on the lips of a guy like Abraham, his words will determine exactly where he's going to go. What are you speaking? This is why God changed Jacob's name to Israel, from one who is an uprooter, a supplanter, a deceiver, to he who prevails with God. Let me give you another example. Maybe you've not heard this one before, but Daniel. You ever heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Now, this is an interesting story. You ought to read this. This is in Daniel chapter 1. Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, this is a time where they were in Babylonian captivity. They're in a pagan world system. And they pulled together Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but that's not what they were known as. In fact, their Hebrew names, their Bible names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? What happened? So these guys are being brought in, and it's like the king decides, I'm going to put a new identity on them. I want you to hear me on this. Daniel's name means God is my judge. Good name. They change his name to Belshazzar, which means Bel, which, by the way, is a goddess. It is a female god. Belshazzar is a woman's name. Belshazzar, lady, goddess, protect the king. So they change his name from God is my judge, Jehovah is my judge, to female God, protect the king. They take Hananiah, whose name means the Lord is gracious, to Shadrach means under the command of Aku, which is a Babylonian god. They take Mishael, who is like the Lord, and they change his name to Meshach, who is like Aku another Babylonian god. They take Azariah, the Lord is my helper, and they change it to Abednego, which means servant of Nego, which is, which is, a, it is a god of the sea, a Babylonian god. So they literally take all of their, all of their names were connected to Jehovah God, and they take them all and connect them to Babylonian gods. But here's something that's interesting. You'll notice as you go through the story, we still today call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we never talk about Daniel as being Belshazzar. Why? Well, thank you for asking. This is what happened. Daniel, in Daniel 1.8, says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not be defiled. He would not be defiled. We know and we talk often about how he did not eat the king's delicacies. We know that part of it. We know that he did not participate in certain things. Hey, kneel down, pray to this God, kneel down, worship Nebuchadnezzar. We know that he refused to do certain things. But you know what else? Daniel refused to carry the name that this pagan society tried to put on him. I am not Belshazzar. You going to give me a woman's name? I mean, think about this. 
Friend, this happens all the time. You don't think all this gender confusion has an agenda that is straight from hell? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. But Daniel, no, I'm not going to be under this goddess protecting a pagan king. No, I'm not going to have a woman's name over me. I'm Daniel. I'm Daniel. The Lord Jehovah God is my God. He's my judge, not anything else. Friend, what names are you wearing? What names have you received over yourself? This is a big deal. Because we know there's so many things, even from infancy, you're a mistake. You're worthless. You're ugly. Maybe you got picked on in school and people made declarations over you. Are you still wearing those names? Or are you choosing to receive over yourself the identity that God has given you? That's what Daniel determined to do. That's how Daniel remained undefiled. This is why I declare, I mean, I, I can look at my family tree. And I was afraid to get married because my father was unfaithful. His marriage ended in divorce. But I didn't receive that title. I did not receive that name. I declare over myself, I'm a faithful husband. I'm a loving father. I'm a man of God. I will walk the path of integrity. Right? What are you declaring over yourself? What names are you? I mean, guys, I'm not. I'm a revivalist. I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost. These are things that I declare over myself. I am a man of God. What titles are you carrying? What is your name? What is the identity that God has given you? And how often do you activate that over your life? It's very important. I had a guy message me this last week, and this was, this was so cool. I... Uh, when I went to Bible school, you guys wouldn't believe this, but I, I was very shy. Don't ask me to pray out loud. Don't give me a microphone. It terrified me. And I had a buddy who was a roommate of mine on the fourth floor of, uh, at Christ for the Nations. We were, we were roommates, and, uh, and he was one of my peers. And he messaged me this last week. He'd seen a sermon come across social media, saw a reel, and he's like, I cannot believe how you preach today. He's like, you are not that shy kid who lived two doors down from me years ago. You are not that person. And I, it's just like, he's, he's like, what? He began to ask me, what happened to you? What happened to you? I mean, I was saved at that point in time, but I was not what I am today. Why? I began to receive the names that God had given me. I knew. This is why pro- the prophetic is so important, friend. What is God declaring over your life? God has not called me to a life of mediocrity and has not called you to a life of mediocrity. Your life isn't going to be, oh, just suffer through until you get to heaven, you know, just do something, you know, uh, moderate for the Lord, just give enough. No, God has called us to take over the world, friend. God has called you to be his hand, his voice, his feet, his heart extended in areas that are devoid of his presence. Come on. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to use you as an instrument of his. What are you declaring over yourself? You want to know what transformed my life? I remember the moment. It wasn't a prophetic word as much as I believe it can be that. But I'll never forget the day 
I heard Steve Hill preach out of 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy. This was my, this was one of those identity moments. He, he shared this with me personally, and he would preach it from the pulpit. And this is what he said. I, I, every time I read 2 Timothy chapter 4, I hear Steve Hill screaming it. I charge thee. He liked the King James. Before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Jacob, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. Will they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they will heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. They will turn away their ears from the truth and will be turned to fables. Watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. You know what that did for me? I heard that. God, that's your word over my life. I am going to preach the word. I'm going to do the work of an evangelist. Whether people want it, whether they receive it or not. I know there's people heaping up for themselves. Give me a good, encouraging message. Come on. Give me a self-help message, friend. A lot of churches, the Steve Hill is coming out of me now. It's little more than a TED Talk with some worship around it. Friend, we're not doing that. We preach the word. We pre- Why? Because the word of God is eternal, and it's life-transforming for us. This is the identity that I took upon. My- I was not a preacher, but the Bible calls me a preacher. I was not an evangelist, but the Bible calls me an evangelist. This is why. What world is being created? What is the identity you're receiving over yourself? This is huge. Now, here's the third one. Oh, my goodness. Are you guys with me so far? You make me break a sweat. James chapter 3 and verse 5. Even though so, the tongue is a little member. It boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst the members, it defiles the whole body. Remember what I said about Daniel? I will not be defiled. Your tongue can defile. What are you receiving over yourself? What are you declaring over yourself? We've had moments, let me just pause right here. We have moments where I've, I've heard that my kids, somebody spoke something hateful or some weird identity over them. You know what I do? take and put my hands on them and I break defilement in the name of Jesus. And I begin to declare not what some idiot has declared over their lives, but I begin to declare what God is declaring, what God has said over their lives. Friend, you need to do that. You need to do that over your kids. You need to do that over the people in your life group. You need to do that over your your co-workers because we're constantly hearing negativity and junk and just the vomit of the world coming out and it's, it's getting all over us and it will defile you. We need the washing of the blood of Jesus. We need him to cleanse our identity and we need people who will speak life and declare, no, that's not what, that's not your identity. That's not who you are. 
This is who you are in Jesus' name. That's why when I went to AA and NA, I mean, I was just, you know, I, I got a DUI and I had, I was forced to go to this thing. And one of the things, even, even just weeks into my salvation, I hated standing up and saying, my name is Jacob and I'm an addict. I didn't like declaring that over myself. I know AA, NA has helped a lot of people. That's wonderful if you found freedom in that. But that aspect of it, no, I'm Jacob. And I'm a blood-washed saint of the Most High God. I'm no longer a captive, a slave to sin, but I've been freed. I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. Oh, I know I go crazy on this stuff, but this is, you want to know what my prayer life looked like the first years I was getting saved? I was making declarations over myself. Your words determine your destiny. Wow. I, I, I backtracked a little bit there, but here's, here's the, the third point. I want you to write this down. Your tongue creates or destroys. Your tongue creates or destroys. There's a popular proverb that you've all probably heard, Proverbs 18.21. says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Are your words creating life? Or are they creating death? What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over yourself? What are you speaking over your church? Your words have the power to create or to destroy. In fact, the New Living Translation, I like how it breaks it down. It says the tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You know anybody who loves to talk? Listen. You will reap what you talk about. And that can be good or that can be bad. That can be good. This is why, friend, I just, there's, there's a yuck that I feel when I get around people gossiping. There's a yuck that I feel. Did you hear? I don't wanna hear. I don't wanna hear. That yuck is gonna get on me. It can defile the whole body. But when I get around people of faith, When I get around people who are believing God, when I get around people that are always sharing testimonies, friend, that's contagious too. That'll get on you and you will reap that. That's why, man, when I'm I'm frustrated, when I'm downcast, I will find people who have been through what I've been through. Someone who has endured well and I'll receive from them. So important. What are you receiving? What are you speaking? It has the power of life and death. One other example, and then um, and we're going to pray, and it's going to be a powerful time of prayer. You ever heard of a hypochondriac? You know what a hypochondriac is? These are the people that are like germaphobes, but it goes beyond that. Hypochondriacs are individuals who actually, uh, in fact, this is the actual definition, um, it's usually, they have a deep fear about their health. It's usually around a symptom. They worry and they talk about their health. And it actually causes depression of mind centered around imaginary physical ailments. They will oftentimes diagnose themselves and others with particular issues. You ever heard of hypochondriacs? You know what that is. So like, oh, I've got, I've got this. So I'm going to lose my mind. I've got cancer. I've got this. And they're, they're self-diagnosing. And it's just, this whole thing will preach. 
You ever notice you get careful, be careful when you get around. I met people like, man, this person's a Jezebel, and that person's a Jezebel, and this person's a Jezebel. I'm like, no, bro, you the Jezebel. <laughs> you see that in everybody? You be, you, you careful when you get around people that are diagnosing everybody with the, this is why you freak out, man, and you hear about these pastors who fall in sin. And what are they doing? For the months leading up to it, they're always railing, usually on the very thing that they're living in. Be careful. There's a sickness inside they got to deal with. What are your words? So hypochondria. So that's stage one of hypochondria. You're self-diagnosing. I've got this. I have this problem. I'm going to have this problem. Oh, what's that pain? Yeah, that's what this is. The second stage, this is proven. You can research this on your own. Stage two of hypochondriacs is they actually have physical repercussions as a result of mental and emotional stress. So now they actually begin to manifest certain things physically in their body because, oh, I've got this problem and I've got that problem and I read this on, on WebMD and I've got all this going on and all of a sudden now I've got ulcers, now I've got headaches, now I've actually got physical real problems as a result of this. But stage three of hypochondriacs, this is crazy. This isn't out of the Bible. This is medically documented. You can research this on your own. The third stage of hypochondriacs is when you actually physically manifest that which you feared. You actually produce what it is that you have feared. Oh, I'm going to have cancer just like this person did. I'm going to have cancer just like this. What's this bump? What's this lump? I'm going to have cancer, cancer, cancer. All of a sudden, you really got cancer. What are you creating with your words? What are you creating with your words? What are you declaring? You realize name it, claim it, works both ways. Works both ways. Not just with good. Job 3, 24. Job said, that which I feared has come upon me. I've heard some theologians say that was the open door. That was the opportunity for the enemy to come in. He had feared. That which I feared has actually happened now. What are we declaring? What are we speaking? Now, as I close, and I don't need the worship team to come just yet. I don't even know if we're going to have it. Because we're going to use our words in a moment. James said that the tongue that destroys is set on fire by hell. Tongue, hellfire. But you'll notice that the Bible talks about another tongue of fire. And I don't think it's ironic. I don't think it's a mistake. But you'll notice when the Holy Spirit came upon the people of God. In Acts chapter 2, it said they saw a tongue of fire come upon people. You realize we have the opportunity to walk in a hellfire tongue. A tongue that has been set on fire by hell, it destroys, it devastates. Or we have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And what comes out of us is the Holy Spirit's fire. What tongues of fire are we receiving over ourselves? Even on another occasion, I don't think it's a mistake. In Acts chapter 19, there's only two evidences you ever see, two byproducts when the Holy Spirit comes upon people. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 5, in Acts chapter 8, you'll see it over and over again. The Holy Spirit came, tongues, 
tongues of fire. There's only one exception in Acts chapter 19, and it says they spoke in tongues and they prophesied words. The words of tongues, uh, the tongues of men and angels, and prophecy, the word of God being released through the people of God. It's interesting that when the Holy Ghost comes upon people, the very first thing that he does, he changes your words. He changes your words. Friend, this is big. This is big. When you pray in tongues, the Bible says you encourage, you build yourself up. It uses the same exact word. When you receive a prophetic word, how many of you have ever been encouraged by a prophetic word? Most of us have. We're going to start prophetic nights on Thursdays again real soon. It's just in my heart we're going to start doing that. You've been encouraged by a prophetic word. But the Bible uses the same exact word. When you pray in other tongues, you encourage yourself. You realize you pray in the Holy Ghost. It's the same exact effect in the Spirit as when somebody speaks a prophetic word over you. The Bible says when you pray in other tongues that you're praying the perfect will of God, that the Spirit himself makes intercession in you and through you. The Bible says in Jude that you are to build up yourselves in your most holy faith. Your most holy faith. That is a faith that is beyond anything that you can imagine. It is on a whole nother level. You want perfect faith? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. I want you to stand right now. With no worship music, no piano, no nothing. We're going to change our words. We're going to change our words. Because we're creating worlds. We're creating worlds with our words. We're releasing identity. You're changing the destiny of your life through your words. You are creating or destroying. We're going to create in this moment. I'm going to ask you, if you have liberty, to begin to pray with your spirit. If you don't have the liberty, ask God to give it to you. If you've not yet received the infilling of the spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you begin to prophesy. You begin to speak life. You begin to make declarations over yourself, over your family, over your church, over the people of God, over this island. Come on. Come on. Lift your voice. Use your words. Use your words. We're going to create a world right now, a world of faith, a world of grace, a world of power in the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask you come. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask you come. Come on, stir yourself. Stir yourself. Stir yourself in the most holy faith. The Spirit makes intercession through you in this moment. The perfect will of God being released even now. The tongues of men and angels being released. Holy Lord, Holy Lord, fill, fill your people even now, O oh God. Loose your people to pray with other tongues in the name of Jesus. Oh, we ask you come. Fill your people even now, mighty God. Oh, we ask you, come, Lord. Oh, we ask you, come, Lord. Oh, oh, Lord. 
Oh Jesus. This is what I feel led to do right now. If you have not been filled with the Spirit of God, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you want to speak in tongues or you want to prophesy, I want you to come down to this altar right now and we're going to pray that God would fill you. He would baptize you right now. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Come on. He's going to give you a new language. He's going to change your words today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Come on, if there's others, I want you to come. I don't care. Young, old, men and women, I want you to come. You want to be filled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, mighty God. I want some from my prayer team. I want you to come. Get behind these and just begin to pray in the Spirit. I just want you to begin to come behind them and pray in other tongues right now. Come on, Jesus said. Jesus said we have a good Father. And if we simply ask, if we simply ask, He would give the Holy Spirit. He's a good Father. He gives good gifts and He will give us. Come on, come on, come on. Maybe you're here, I feel like there's people here that you were filled with the Holy Spirit, but you've not activated that in quite some time. And you want God to stir that afresh in you today. I want you to come down as well. Come on. It's like a blockage. We're going to pray the Lord begin to open up. Come on. I want you to open your mouth. Come on. I want you to try. Try and release something. Rivers of living water from your innermost being. Jesus said, rivers of living water from your innermost being gush. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Fill with your spirit, O God. Baptize with your spirit, O God. Activate the gifts of God in the name of Jesus. Come on, just begin to speak. Just begin to speak. Fill, fill, fill. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord Jesus, baptize with your spirit and fire in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill by your spirit. Oh, Activate the gifts of God. Loose these tongues, Lord, to speak, Almighty God, to prophesy, to release your will and your intentions. Holy Spirit, come. Prayer team, I want somebody on each of these people right now. I want you to come behind them and I want you to pray with your spirit right now. Come on, come on. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, fill. Fill, fill. Fill. Oh, your anointing, oh God. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Baptize. Baptize. Oh, fill by your spirit, oh God. Fill by your spirit, oh God. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Jesus, you said if we would but ask, you would give your spirit. You would give your spirit. So we ask it now. Come. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, fill. 
Release tongues, release prophecy in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, all you have to do is receive it. It's like waking up on Christmas Day. You don't have to beg for it. Just receive it. Just receive what the Holy Spirit desires to do in you and through you. Oh, Lord, pour out your spirit in great and mighty measure. Yes, oh, Lord. Yes, oh, Lord. Yes, oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open the heavens. Breathe on your people. Oh, Jesus, you breathed on your disciples in the upper room and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I'm asking you to breathe on us even now. Breathe on us now. Whether we've been filled or whether we're yearning for it, we desire it. We say, breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on us, Jesus. You're the baptizer with the Holy Ghost in fire. We ask you, breathe on us today, O Lord. Holy Lord. Yes, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. Yes, O Lord. Almighty God. Yeah, 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 yeah. He amaso kote. He amasha kote. Shoraboso kote. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. He alamasa kata rabasha kata. You know, a key in the book of Acts, the Bible says, and they spoke with other tongues, and they spoke. If you're down here receiving prayer, maybe you're out there, you're acting, asking God to activate that. Open your mouth. Open your mouth right now. Open your mouth right now and just let it flow. It's like a river. You shake up a bottle of Coke, you open up the top of that thing, and it'll just begin to go. You got to open it up. You got to open it up right now and just begin to let that flow. Rivers of living water gush in the name of Jesus. Shealabaso kote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Kiabashi kiaramandasa. Oh Lord, Yashu Kate Arendisi Kiarabasa. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Kiabashi kiaranamambasa kata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Phil. 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 Oh, anoint. Anoint. Shiarabasa kate. Oh Jesus. Touch, move, and minister by your spirit, O oh God. Oh, Lord. Almighty oh, God. I want to do one other thing. Very important. Very important. Some of you, some of you, you've, there's been a declaration over your life. And you've been wearing a name that God does not desire for you to wear. You've been wearing a name that God doesn't desire you to wear. It might even be a family name, but you know that connected with that name are attributes that are not of God or not of heaven. And right now, we're going to renounce those things. We're going to cut those things down. And we're going to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus, the name Christian. We are created to be like God. We're created to be like Him. We're sons and we are daughters of the Most High God. We are royalty. We're not broken. We're not sinful. 
We're not, we're not impoverished. We are not what our mom and dad were. Your life will not play out the way that theirs did. You have a godly inheritance, the blessing up to a thousand generations upon your life in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, right now, I renounce, I cut out. I want you to say that with me. I renounce off of my life every ungodly name, every declaration that did not come from heaven. I receive your identity. I receive your name. I carry the name Christian. I carry the name Jesus. I'm your son or daughter. I look like you. I'm walking in generational blessings, not generational curses. I'm not who the world says I am. I'm not who the devil accuses me to be. I am who you say I am. So I receive a new identity. I'm a man or woman of God. I am your bride. I am your son or daughter. I will do what you ask me to do. I will look good on judgment day. I will fulfill your call in destiny. I am saved. I am washed by your blood. I am free from the wiles of the enemy. I am protected. I am covered by your blood. I have a host of angels fighting on my behalf. I belong to you, God. I belong to the church. And no power in hell will prevail against me because I belong to you. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I am anointed by your Spirit, empowered for good works. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Give him praise. Give him praise. Come on, use your words to praise his name. Oh, we love you, Lord. Oh, we bless your holy name. You are good, God. You are glorious. You are wonderful. You're magnificent, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 I'm curious, how many of you, how many of you, you felt like God, God, Filled you with the Spirit? I, I, I'm curious of those who came down. You feel like God did something. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Pray. Woman of God, I saw the Spirit of God all over you. I saw the moment that that thing began to just loose from inside of you. And I want you to get ready. Because even as so many have spoken words of hurt and pain over you, you're going you're gonna to take what the enemy meant for evil and you're going to flip it for good. And this is how it's going to begin. God is going to begin to activate in you and through you words of encouragement, words of the will of God, because you see it. You know, you know when somebody's been beat down the same way that you were. You know when someone's been talked down to the same way that you were. But God is going to use you to release life and encouragement, creative power that's going to transform. He's going to do it by the Spirit of God. Lord, I just thank you for this woman of God, and I just ask you to bless her. I ask you to fill her. Activate her for gifts of prophecy, to encourage those around who desperately need it, Almighty God. Use her for your glory, for your namesake, Almighty God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guys, I don't know where you guys all come from, what kind of church you belong to. But we're a church that prays in the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you, you didn't get what you prayed for down here. You continue to ask. The Lord's a good father, and he will give good gifts to his children. Ask. Ask. Continue to ask. Continue to seek. The Lord will give it. He wants to give it. For those who have been filled by the Spirit, pray in tongues a lot. Pray in tongues a lot. I'm okay to be that church. Guys, I feel like we've tiptoed around the gifts of the Spirit way too long. Well, pastor, what if people get offended? This is what I've learned. This is what I've learned, and I, I believe this. I've never met guests and visitors to the house of God who get offended by the gifts of the Spirit in operation. It's religious people. Well, we're not allowed to do that, Pastor. No, the Bible says don't forbid speaking in tongues. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. We're not going to forbid it. And I know, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not in rebellion here because Dr. Morocco every single Sunday says, pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and the whole church does. So I know I'm in line, man. I'm not in rebellion. I'm doing the, as what our daddy has blessed us with, okay? And so pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, my. And prophesy, speak life. I'm going to speak a blessing over you, and it's going to create a world of blessing around your life. I want you to lift your hands as a sign of surrender right now. Today, I speak the blessing of God over you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Abraham was blessed in every way, may God bless you in every detail of your life. As God blessed Jacob, changing his name to Israel, may your name, Christian, cause you to be fruitful and multiply in all you set your hands to do. When you're tempted and tried, may you come forth victoriously just as Job, resulting in twice as much as you had before. As you raise your children, in the admonition of the Lord, may they in turn grow up godly, bringing honor to your family name. When you honor God with your tithe, may financial and material blessing run you down and overtake you in every area. May the devourer be rebuked and annihilated while others rise up and call you blessed. As you wait upon the Lord, obey his word and seek him above all else. May the blessing of strength, courage, protection, and favor be your reward. May the Lord watch over and guard your going out and your coming in. Kings Kona, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his light upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. I bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. Come on, give him one last praise.